Oh, hi, everyone. Oh, scared you there. <laughs> Thank you all so much for coming to the We Won't Go Back rally. Just by being here tonight and showing your support, you're breathing life into this very important and urgent cause. So thank you. I am a woman who has had an abortion. Not because I needed it to survive. Not because I was raped. Not because I was a victim of incest. Simply because I did not want to be pregnant. And that should be enough. It was as simple as a broken condom. So the next morning I went to the pharmacy and bought emergency contraception where the pharmacist chastised and shamed me. But still I was lucky to only pay eight euros. And if I was at home in the States, it would have cost me between 50 and 80, which is a lot of money to me. A few days later I had a period and I didn't worry about it anymore. I immediately got back on Nuvering so I wouldn't have to worry about taking risks with any more faulty condoms. On hormonal birth control, I skipped my periods, which was great for me because I suffered immensely during my cycle. Over the next three months, I was feeling pain in my back, but I was traveling a lot, so I thought the discomfort was just due to long hours on planes and trains. I was tired, but I have a chronic illness with chronic fatigue, so I thought nothing of it. When this back pain didn't go away, I had a scary thought. Could I be pregnant? Is it possible that the emergency contraception pill didn't work? Even though I had a period, I immediately took a pregnancy test and it was positive. I started crying uncontrollably because I was terrified. My partner didn't understand why I was so upset. He said, don't worry, we can just take care of it now. A, a privileged thought that didn't come to my mind because I grew up in the countryside of Kansas where abortion isn't very accessible. When I went to the gynecologist, she treated me like I was stupid for assuming that the pill would work. Over the next few weeks, they made me wait through several doctor's appointments, sonograms where I saw the fetus, and mandatory counseling until I finally had the surgical abortion at the very edge of the legal 12-week limit. I didn't pay a cent, I had no complications, I had no moral objections to reckon with, and still, despite my extremely privileged situation, my feminist politics, it was still an emotionally and physically exhausting experience, and most women go through much, much worse. It was difficult to face my family after telling them what happened, but I knew I had to, because now it's more clear than ever that it's time to start talking about abortion. I refuse to feel shame for taking care of myself, my health, my body, and my life, by having a simple medical treatment. I talk about my abortion for all the people who say they don't know anyone who's had one, because that's probably not true. They just don't know anyone who's comfortable talking about it, because they're afraid of being so harshly judged, afraid of being branded a reckless, irresponsible, naive slut who shouldn't have had sex if she didn't want to have a baby. We need to talk about it to show those people that it's okay and normal to have abortions. We must stop telling people that abortions are always difficult, always traumatic, always sad. This scares people and conditions them to believe that having an abortion would damage them somehow. We must stop pretending that morality and religion are valid in a space only meant for science and medical fact. We must protect reproductive health care under federal laws 
to make sure no one can ever be refused a treatment as essential and as normal as an abortion. In 1973, the United States Supreme Court saw the case of Roe versus Wade. On January 22nd of that year, they ruled that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant person's freedom to choose to end their pregnancy. Since then, anti-choice activists, misogynistic politicians, religious extremists, and control-seeking men have been working hard to reverse this protection. Pregnancy has always been political. And don't get confused, it's never been about God or morality or saving innocent babies. It has always been about controlling women. Giving women and all people with uteruses complete power over their own reproductive system might mean no more obligation to the home or to a male partner, nothing blocking them from the same career paths as men, no more women and families of color stuck in the cycle of poverty where the unpopular politicians need them to stay in order to maintain their positions of power and to satisfy their greed. They have been fighting tooth and nail for 50 years now to make abortion as inaccessible as possible. Because the potential of women terrifies them, enforced pregnancy is an extremely effective tool of oppression. During those past 50 years, they've managed to make abortions unaffordable to most, with clinics costing between $400 and $2,000. Not to mention the cost of counseling and follow-up appointments. They have bullied abortion clinics into closing, leaving some states with only one or two clinics, forcing people to drive for seven or eight hours just to reach an open clinic. Then, if you manage to save the money, take time off work, find childcare for the children you might already have, find a car, pay for the gas, and finally reach the clinic, you still might not be able to even get an appointment due to the extremely high numbers of people forced into so few open clinics. If you are lucky enough to get an appointment, then you'll have to worry about your physical safety and mental health as you park your car and walk into the clinic possibly surrounded by a crowd of religious protesters trying to convince you not to go in by screaming at you that you're wrong, that you're going to hell, that you're making a huge mistake. Even worse, you might have to face violent and dangerous pro-life protesters. There's a long history of violence and terrorism against abortion clinics in America. Since 1977, there have been 41 bombings and 173 incidents of arson at clinics. Since 1990, at least 11 clinic employees have been murdered. Just 13 years ago in 2009, George Tiller, a surgeon in one of the two open abortion clinics in Kansas, was shot dead by an anti-choice activist. That was the second time he was attacked. In 1993, a woman shot him in both of his arms, but he kept practicing at the clinic until his murder. On November 27, 2015, a violent pro-life activist broke into a Planned Parenthood in Colorado, shooting several people inside and killing three of them. He admitted to attacking the clinic, calling himself a warrior for the babies. In 2021, crimes against abortion providers exploded. Stalking of clinic employees increased by 600%. Blockades preventing access into clinics increased by 450%. Suspicious packages were left 163% more of the time. 
More often, invasions of abortion facilities increased by 120%, and assault and battery against clinic employees increased by 129%. This spring, a new abortion clinic in Wyoming was just about to open its doors. It was gonna be the only clinic in the entire massive state. Then on May 25th of this year, less than two months ago, a woman was caught on security footage breaking in and pouring gasoline all over the clinic and setting it on fire. But you have to understand that these anti-choice violent activists do not reflect the opinions of America. And despite the fact that the majority of Americans actually support pro-choice legislature, nearly 50 years later, less than two weeks ago, on Friday, June 24th, the Supreme Court stripped reproductive rights away from women and all people with uteruses when they overturned Roe versus Wade. This now leaves the power up to individual state governments. So what does that mean practically for the states right now? In 13 states, trigger laws banning abortions have gone into effect or will be enforced in the coming weeks. Another 13 states have pre-Roe abortion bans that are now expected to be enforced again. Five states will be, aborting on be voting on abortion access this year, California, Kansas, Kentucky, Montana, and Vermont. And most of these illegal states have no exception for rape or incest. It is imperative that we spread awareness in any way we can by urging voters in the US and Americans abroad to vote to keep abortion legal in these states. Although five states might seem like a low number, these states are surrounded by others that have already banned abortion, meaning people will have to travel to find legal abortion. Pregnant people with the resources to do so will be desperate and flock into the states where abortion is still legal. They'll be forced to flee their home states because the politicians who claim to represent them did not see it necessary to protect their right to safe and legal abortions. In many states, they give no exception for rape and incest. I can't emphasize that enough. Think about states like Utah, where older adult men are marrying 14 and 15 year old girls. They will not have the option to have an abortion. The Supreme Court's message on this is clear. They do not agree that people should have the right to decide whether they want to be pregnant or not. We have officially lost the only federal protection we had, keeping choice legal in America. America and its Supreme Court are not democratic. They say that with this decision, they're returning abortion to a democratic process, but they're returning it to a rigged process, meant to alienate queer people, people of color, low-income women, and women who do not hold the political power of wealthy white men. The Supreme Court isn't dismantling just our abortion rights, it's dismantling our democracy, the landscape of the laws governing, bod governing bodily autonomy are now fundamentally changed. This ruling should be taken as a sign of more to come. More human rights will be attacked. Contraception is no longer safe. Same-sex marriage is no longer safe. We should be prepared to fight for these rights next. So Roe is gone. But we will not despair and we will not go back. We will not go back to a time when unsafe at-home abortions were the only option for pregnant people who were desperate to have control over their own reproduction. We will not go back to a time when we used to use wire hangers 
to break the amniotic sac, puncturing, puncturing the intestines and internal organs, causing deadly infections or blood loss. We will not go back to a time when people would pump toxic mixtures of cleaning products and chili peppers into their vaginas, causing toxic shock and death. No, we will not go back. We will fight back. We will make our voices impossible to ignore. We will tell the stories of our own abortions and of others to normalize and destigmatize this completely normal and essential healthcare. We will spread information about where to obtain abortion pills and which clinics are still providing abortions. We will donate our money to organizations who financially support people seeking abortions. We will stand in solidarity and show our support for women and all people with uteruses all over the world. And by standing with them today and every day, we're sending a message. Our bodies are our own. We will not forget, we will not back down, we will not give up until it's codified into law that abortion is free, accessible, and safe for all people. Thank you.